Hey, miserable bitches. Hi, guys. We're back with another episode of Misery Manor. I'm Cody. <laughs> I'm Emily. And before we get started, make sure you leave your manners at the door. Hello, everybody. What is the tea? Not this nasty chocolate I bought. Well, it tastes good. No, it doesn't. There's no added sugar. It tastes like That's good. They're trying to look after your body. Oh. Like, they're trying to make sure... You you got it at Whole Foods, not a gas station. Um. So, between aspartame and added sugar, honey, you're going to (laughs) combust. Do you not even get me started? on energy drinks um anyways enough of us roasting each other um we have some exciting news if you didn't see our instagram we have started our own merch and a lot of you have bought the merch which we are so thankful for um (laughs) it's been exciting it's been a long time coming i know we've said it on like the last five episodes that oh it's coming it's coming and then we would like fix little things here and there but it's finally out there um we do have the link to purchase it in our bio on instagram but if you just go to miserymannerpodcast.com that is now an official website and you can go there and look at everything right yeah which makes it super easy so yeah and there's a t-shirt a sweatshirt a coffee mug a tote a poster i threw a poster in there i don't know if you want a poster in your house of us but some of y'all might and then other exciting news the um the woman who made this design, she's actually a really good friend of mine. She is making us another line, like the miserable bitches line, and that which should, I'm so excited. Yeah, about. so she's fixing that right now too. So we'll have some T-shirts that say like "I'm a miserable bitch" or "Miserable bitches" or something of that nature. So that'll be exciting, um, and that'll be posted soon as well. So please continue to purchase and support and show your l-o-v-e love for us babes support babes yes honey and if you're not a babe then we'll make you one (laughs) now if you're a patreon you will we'll be reaching out to you we've reached out to some of you but we'll Mm -hmm. be reaching out to you for t-shirt sizes um to send you so you don't have to pay for it and Still, if you want to be a Patreon, please be a Patreon because you get episodes that you have not oh, yeah. that are not uploaded to the general public. And I'll, let me tell <laughs> you, these are hilarious and creepy. Like, what was the last one we did? Um, that was like a mortician one. Yeah, like creepy mortician stories. Like these stories are crazy. I've never heard them before, and Emily's telling me, and I'm like, what in the fork and fork? And I remember what the other one was. Remember, I couldn't remember it last yeah. time. Um, it was like things that people have heard in the middle of the night, like when they're oh, supposed to be God. sleeping. Yes. So we have that. We have creepy 911 calls, all sorts of fun stuff. Oh, yeah. There's like three or four uploaded right now on Patreon. So if you want to be a Patreon, all you have to do is pay $5 a month. You can cancel at any time. And I just want to say that so that you don't feel like you're locked in, but you do have access to all these episodes if you want more and you just can't get enough of us. And they're uh, legit, like 
unedited. Yeah, they're unedited and raw. <laughs> We're raw dogging <laughs> it over here. And um, so if you want to be that, what is it? The What is the URL for the Patreon? Oh, so it's um, www.patreon forward slash or dot com forward slash misery manor pod. Yes, Misery Manor Pod. And Patreon is P-A-T-E-R-O-N. Yeah. So that is www.patreon. That is P-A-T-E-R-O. Oh, fuck! (laughs) (laughs) Just fucking look it up. It's in the freaking Instagram. You get it. No, I had to take it off because I have the, you can only do one website link. So I figured the merch one was more important. Oh, you know what? We'll put it in the show notes, and you can click on it from Apple Podcasts. We're just working and twerking Circles. over here. Okay, yeah. so that's what we'll do. So if you want to be a Patreon, either look it up yourself, or <laughs> um, it'll be in the show notes on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, like in the little comment section. But shit, damn, that was a, a train wreck. So now we are going to get the train back on track. And Emily has a story for us today, honey. Yes, I said Emily has a story <laughs> for us. That Cody didn't assist me with. Look, I'm a busy girl. I like to take naps, and that's fine. That's fine because I'm supplying the stories left and right. <laughs> so let's hear it. Okay, so this story, I honestly, the first time I heard of it was on My Favorite Murder, and I could not stop thinking about how disgusting it was the first time I heard it. So okay, it is about Christine and Leah Papan. Um, Christine and Leah Papan committed two of the most gruesome murders to ever be committed in France's history to this day. Oh, we're going to France. We're going to France, baby. We've been going all over the globe recently. We were in Asia for a while. And then we were in Russia, and now we're in France. Well, we oh, came we back... we were in Chile. Yeah. We or were. Argentina. Argentina, yeah. yeah. Okay, perfect. Okay. To start, the Papan sisters came from a very troubled and dysfunctional family. They were born to Clements and Gustave. Clements was considered to be of low morals and unsuited for motherhood. Gustave was a considerable alcoholic with violent tendencies. So they were pretty much a match made in heaven. Oh, it sounds like it. Sounds like a destruction. (laughs) (laughs) To add, while Clements was dating Gustave, it was rumored that she was actually having an affair with her employer. Despite these allegations, that did not stop them from getting frisky and Clements became pregnant with their first child. Gustave thought this would be a perfect time to propose to Clements, so the couple married in October of 1901. Never a good idea. Oh, he probably thought, because she's pregnant, the next thing to do is just get pregnant, just to get married. Well, yeah, that's exactly what he thought, which is terrible. So, five months later, her first daughter, Amelia, was born. You would think that the cheating and scandals would stop with bringing a new baby into this world, but nope. Shortly after Amelia was born, more cheating rumors started to circulate around town. And these rumors are about Clements. Right. So, being an angry alcoholic, he would often take his anger out on his family and abuse Clements and their very young daughter, Amelia. With his jealousy growing daily, Gustave wanted to run away from the rumors and basically start over with their life. Gustave decided it would be best to get away from all of it. He found a new job in another city and announced to the family that he would be moving and rebuilding their life. Hey guys, pack up your bags. We're getting out of here. I have found a job in another city and that's where we're all going. But this did not go over well with Clements. Clements was like, I think the hell not and declared she would rather commit suicide than leave this city. 
So just like that, the marriage deteriorated and even more, causing deep depression and anger, resulting in Gustav to drink even more. Despite the rapidly deteriorating marriage that's turning into a toxic cesspool, Clemence becomes pregnant again and gives birth to another baby girl in 1905. They name her Christine, who is going to be one of the stars of this episode. And I find it interesting because I'm like, I wonder if it was really Gustav's baby. Oh, yeah. Might not be. So, um, Christine Papin was born March 8th, 1905. Between Gustav's alcoholism and Clemence having almost zero maternal instinct or care in the world, she was pretty much born into chaos. Luckily for Christine, soon after birth, she was sent to live with an aunt, Gustav's sister. This move was definitely for the best, as the Papin household is accustomed to acts of physical and verbal violence, molestation, and even rape. Six years later, this wonderful and happy couple, Nat, welcomed another baby girl named Leah, who was born September 5th, 1911. Shortly after Leah is born, Clements discovers that Gustav had been repeatedly raping Amelia, their first daughter, who is now at the age of nine. Despite being a shithead mother in every other aspect, Clements is furious and immediately files for divorce. However, Amelia is packed up and sent off to Catholic school or a orphanage um called Le Bon Pasteur. Amelia tried telling their mother what happened, but her own mother didn't even believe her and in fact became jealous of Amelia blaming her for seducing her father. S- blaming the nine year old for seducing the father? Yeah, which is weird because she's mad at both of them. So I'm like I don't yeah. I mean it's And she, yeah. She's nine years old. She doesn't probably even know what sex is and then <laughs> No. I don't know. It's just so unfortunate. And then now they're like, go be a nun. Clements was outraged and distressed to get further revenge on her children, which is beyond to even think you need revenge of your own offspring. Right. She sends word to Gustav's sister that six-year-old Christine was to be sent immediately to the same orphanage to join Amelia. And I read in separate places that they were not always in the same orphanage. They kind of moved around. Okay. Um... But they did end up in the same one. So um, Christine had happily lived with her aunt for six years and was living her best life with them. She was learning, playing, and doing all the things that six-year-olds should be doing. Christine was left devastated when she had to leave her aunt's house, which is so sad. With two down and one to go, Clemence wanting to wash her hands of maternal responsibility in full sends Leia, the youngest, to live with a great-uncle. And... Just like that, Clemence is a free woman, and this is what she had always wanted. Now she could... (laughs) What could she do, Cody? She could thought and vop all over France. Yep, without a care in the world. She had no husband to worry about, and now her three kids were being taken care of by others. Let's talk about the Catholic orphanage, Le Bon Pasteur, which I know I'm not saying that right, but just Mm. deal. I can't even spell Patreon, so... (laughs) It is not a nice place. It was known for taking in disgraced women and girls, but it was also known for its cold, loveless atmosphere and harsh punishments for even the most minor mishaps. Over time, the young girls were exposed to some verbal and physical abuse, but in the beginning, all three sisters seemingly flourished in their environments. Leia with her great uncle and Amelia and Christine in the orphanage. Amelia had even taken her vows to become a nun, and Christine was planning to follow in her footsteps. They probably were flourishing because they had 
never had a good upbringing. Right, and what is it Most you always say? Most girls probably thought this was hell, but she... And I read in some articles, because this is starting to come back, that that orphanage, they set you up to be a nun, but they also teach you um, things to be like a house, like a maid. Oh, yeah, like how to clean and to cook and cook those and types And be like of submissive to yeah, either husband. your, or your, not master. master. No, is really. Is it master? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, which, that's a whole other thing. Right. But... Um, Clements received word of this and about uh, Christine wanting to follow in Amelia's footsteps to become a nun. Right. And she was outraged. She was like, absolutely not. Because of this, she planned for all three of her daughters to return to her when they were of working age. She decided she was going to find them jobs in the city to live as maids. So she was basically going to bring them home employ them and take all their money so she's taking them out of another happy place for them yeah she, well, took, them a- she took them away from like the aunt's house well i don't think it was happy i think it was just stability right but then now they're happy but they feel like they're on the right track to be a nun but now she's like nope i'm taking that away from you too you're gonna work right there's so. no uh, there's no love or any good reasoning behind whatever Clements does in regards to her children. Right. It's always selfish. Right. So um, Clements thought that Amelia was a lost cause and left her to do whatever she wanted to do in life as long as it was away from them. Because I'm saying, like, look, she's going to be a nun. She's going to be making money. Right. Exactly. So, um, but she'll just be away and she won't have to worry about her. Yeah. So that was an easy out for her. Yeah. And I'm sure Amelia gladly accepted this and was like, yeah, I would rather not go back in love oh. with you. So thank you for that gesture. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, we don't know. She could have been fucking weird too, but right. Clements removed Christine from the convent and brought her back to their city, Le Mans. Le Mans? Le Mans. Is that where they do like a race? I don't know. I don't know. Finding her jobs in local households all around the city. Sadly for Leia, their great uncle that was caring for her passed away. So Leia was then sent to Le Mans Passion, where she remained until she was 15, which was the age that you could legally start working in France. Clements, once again, around Leia's 15th birthday, sends words to the convent, calling Leia back home. Just like that, she had, oh, just like she had done Christine, Clements pushed Leia out into the community as a maid for hire as well. She was telling everyone in the community, I have two daughters that would love to work for you as a maid. They are phenomenal workers. How much do you pay? They can start tomorrow. Even though Christine and Leia had not. Oh, how much do you pay? She wanted the money. She wanted yes. them to be working for probably very wealthy families. Yes. That's what she was asking. She didn't want them to just get a job. She wanted to know how much was oh, yeah, being and she, offered. Yep, and she has two to offer. So. Right. Um, and they, they did have jobs here and there that right. weren't always together. They always wanted to work together. Right. Despite them not really growing up, they had a very strong bond early on when they right. came back together in their teens. So. Yeah. Even though Christine, right, and Leia had not, sorry, I wrote it right here, had not grown up together, the two became inseparable, forming a tight-knit bond and spending every minute together when they were not working. They were all each other had at this point. They even requested to work together when they were able to. To paint a picture, it is very important to describe France at this time. World War I had taken place from 1914 to 1918. France had about, like, what is it, like 1.3 million dead and 3 million wounded, almost 4 million casualties in all. It was devastating for the country, especially its economy. The fallout ended up continuing through roughly 
1932. France was entering a Great Depression. Like much of Europe, France struggled to recover from the devastation of World War I. Getting war reparations from Germany had proven fruitless as the French economy was based on small businesses, not financed by shares. So, going back to Leah and Christine, they worked small jobs here and there with Christine focusing on the cooking and Leah cleaning the homes, which is a way more submissive job than the cooking. Right. Because cooking, you're talking and, uh, right. you know, it's what more, do you call it? Thought and uh, bopping around the kitchen. It's more stimulating, too. You yeah. Know? Leia was just like on her hands and knees cleaning. Right. Um, but they were never satisfied with the pay they received, and their mother insisted they move from job to job until they found a family that would pay them what they what she basically saw fit. She no longer had the income from Gustave, so she saw her two daughters as a source of income for her. Which, yeah, she's a selfish little shit. Yeah. <laughs> and kind of lazy. Right. Um in nineteen twenty six Christine landed a job with the Lancelin family in Le Mans, France. The family consisted of Rene, a lawyer, his wife, Leonie, a socialite, and their youngest daughter, Genevieve. It's Genevieve. It's Genevieve. Oh. Vieve. That's how you spell Genevieve. That's my cousin's name. Well, I like it. <laughs> the Lancelins had an older daughter that was married and lived elsewhere. After about six months working solo for the Lancelins and doing an amazing job, Christine convinced Madame Leone to hire her sister, Leah. Madame Leone agreed that with the extra help would be much appreciated and decided to hire Leah to be chambermaid, which if you aren't familiar with the terminology, a, term in, a chambermaid is a female's maid, so she would help bathe, dress, anything said female needed or wanted. Now, Christine took on the role of cooking for the Lancelin family while Leah cleaned the two-story home, and on all accounts, the sisters were dedicated workers. They were treated exceptionally well, paid standard wages, and had time off when needed. They shared a small upstairs bedroom that had a dresser, two twin beds, along with a heater for the winter months. To top it off, they even had a balcony overlooking the main street, which was considered very luxurious at the time. Damn. Right off the bat, Things were weird, though. In the seven years Christine and Leah worked for the Lancelins, they never spoke to Rene, who was the father. They did, however, converse with Madame Leone, the woman of the household. Leone would give them orders and tasks, but she was a woman of perfection. Christine and Leah worked exceptionally hard, and the Lancelin would oftentimes give them praises, even complimenting them in front of dinner guests. Did you see how clean the china glasses look? Leah and Christine did such a wonderful and pristine job. Although the girls worked hard, like I mentioned earlier, they would get time off if and when needed. In their time off, they would only attend church on Sundays, walk to a local farmer's market, and also visited a fortune teller. Oh, lovely mixture of activities to do. I Supermarket know. and then a good old stop by the fortune teller. But this is so weird. Okay, so this is odd, but remember what I'm about to tell you because it's, I mean, it's kind of hard to forget, but okay. the fortune teller, because they go to the same one. Okay. The fortune teller told them that the two girls, that their souls had been bound together as husband and wife in a previous life or incarnation, which explained their close and inseparable bond. So basically they were married in another life. Oh God. Well, maybe that's why they're, yeah, that's why they're so close. 
And I can tell you which one was a man and which one was a woman. <laughs> Have you seen their pictures? Yes. Okay. On the sisters' daily two-hour breaks, they would remain in their bedrooms instead of going out or socializing with other young people. In fact, the sisters rarely spoke for most part. So they were pretty recluse, and the only recreational time they spent was together. They worked together, slept together, all of it. In fact, maybe people in the community were starting to pick up on the sisters' strange and peculiar behavior and mannerisms, and not everyone liked the sisters. Christine was known as a hard worker and very intelligent, but also known to become petty and disobedient at times. Leia was introverted and obedient and took the lead of her older sister. Shopkeepers, people around the community, and former employers began to discuss how peculiar they actually were in their demeanor and described the sisters as cold and distant. Needless to say, despite these allegations, things are growing, going great with the Lancelins. Couldn't be better. Madame Leone cared for the two girls very, very much and even became a sort of mother figure to the two sisters, which is also important. Okay. Whenever they needed help, felt sick, and or were going through tough times, Madame Leone would be there for them, just as a mother would, something Christine and Leah had never really had before. If anything, the closest thing they had was a nun, it, like an abusive orphanage, which right. I can't imagine was much different from their mothers. So they would call her Maman, which is mom in French, whereas they referred to their biological mother as that woman. So Madame Leone did care for the two sisters very, very much. So much, in fact, Madame Leone found out that they were sending their wages back home to their mother, Clements, and girl, she was mad. Uh oh. She went into their mother. She went into her mother mode and knew what she had to put a stop to it immediately. You work too hard to send your hard-earned money back to your awful mother, your mother you you don't even like. Girls, you cannot do this anymore. I won't allow it. Madame Leone advised the girls to cut her off and goes so far as to write Clements a letter. In this letter, she pretty much told Clements to fuck off and leave them alone. Get so, it, girl. Yeah. Madame Leone wasn't this sweet motherly figure for long, though. Sadly, it was short-lived. Roughly six years later in late, like, 1932, Madame Leone began to suffer from mental illness. Her personality completely changed. She goes, she went from being a lighthearted socialite and mother figure to the two girls to a physically and verbally abusive cunt. <laughs> oh, cunt lord. Cunt lord. That's, that's what she is. So, uh. So she's, she was sweet. So now she has the mental health issues and now she's being abusive and physically. Which is something they're used to. But right. at the same time, she's having mental health issues so i mean i don't know you know that sucks um she develops extreme depression and scrutinizes literally any and everything the girls say or do she yells and screams at christine and leah telling them that they miss dirt while sweeping and starts to micromanage their every move clean it again it's not good enough i feel like you could have done that better no you did great she performed white glove tests on furniture to ensure that it had been dusted and met her expectations. If it wasn't, she would pinch the girls very hard until the job was done to her liking. That is... Brutal. Disgusting. I hate being, like, pinched, like, hard. Mm -hmm. I fucking hate that yeah. so much. Okay. No one really probably does. 
you know. Well, I like a little pinch here and there's <laughs> nice, but like a like a fingernail one. Like a one? nipple to pinch. Yeah, but that isn't it. The abuse would continue to get worse and more petty. Madame Leone would slap the two sisters for having an undone button on a blouse or if something was off with their attire. She would also bust into the sister's room in the middle of the night. Wake up! Wake up! You need to clean the kitchen now! It's filthy! Which, to me, that's, like, super... Petty. In the middle of the night, you can't wait till the morning. But that, to me, is, like, her mental illness. Oh, for sure, yeah. Like, you... Dinner's done. They've already... How would it have gotten messed up when they're asleep? Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So, anyway, so the two sisters would be forced to scrub the kitchen over and over again. When Madame Leone would come and inspect their job, she would oftentimes dump trash all over it and say, do it again. Which, that's real cunt-like. That's horrible. I know, but the only thing I can think of during this story, during this, is just like, she had a mental illness. She had a mental illness. Mm -hmm. But I'm like, they had money too, so like, I mean, it's the 30s, it's not like... Like yeah. people didn't really I mean if she changed like that it makes you wonder what mental illness she was struggling from yeah um the abuse got so bad that she would slam their heads against the walls whenever something they said or did was not to her liking one night tired of the abuse Leia tells Christine basically look Christine I can't do this anymore we don't deserve this pretty soon I'm gonna fight back oh mm-hmm little did she know That would happen sooner than she might have thought. On a cold, dark, and rainy day on February 2nd, 1933, the girls snapped. Eek! So this is why we're here. I know. Give it to us. Give it to us. I am. I am (laughs) in it. But I just think it's really interesting that Leia was like, I'm going to freak out and I'm going to do this. When Christine is the one that's like, oh, so throughout Christine's the main, the main, it was almost like she was like telling her, like asking her for permission. Okay. Right? I mean, that's how I kind of take it. Right. I don't know. Madame Leone and Jean Veneuve, that is how you say it in French. Go for it. Went out clothes shopping for a dinner party they were to attend that evening. Rene, the father, went into his office as usual with plans to go to the party directly from work, meeting up with his wife and daughter there. Christine and Leah were left home alone to clean the house while the rest of the family was away. When Madame Lancelin and Jean Veneuve, Jean Veneuve, now I don't, Guinevere. Genevieve. Okay. Return home. They first notice that all of the lights are off and it's very dark and very quiet. Leah, Christine, why is it so dark in here? Can you turn on the lights? The two sisters responded to her and explained that the power outage was due to a faulty iron that Christine had plugged in on a previous day. Madame Leone flew into a fit of rage, per usual. She was mad. Madame Leone began to strike the girls' faces, scratching their bodies, pulling their hair, and screaming at them. Damn. Yeah, she was pretty mad. In response, Christine then picked up a pewter carafe and smashed it over Leone's head, and she fell to the ground. Genevieve. Genevieve rushed over by her mother's side, trying to assist and protect her the best she could. Mom, mom, are you okay? She said it in French, though. Christine was not near done. She grabbed Genevieve and shouted, I am going to massacre them, which I think is so weird that she said it to her. But she then does the unthinkable. Christine grabs the eyes of Genevieve and pulls them from their sockets using her bare hands 
Leia, not the eyes. Yes. Leia holds off on further attacks on Madame Leone, but Christine ordered her to smash her head into the ground and tear her eyes out. Leia did just what her older sister had asked her to do. She gouged Madame Lancelin's eyes right out with Ew. her bare hands. Disgusting. That takes so much force and anger. Like, because there's like a bunch of tendons back there. No, I think I could do it quickly. I don't think you could. Want to bet? <laughs> yes. Try it right now on me. After you read. Okay. Using the women's helplessness to their advantage, Christine and Leah went through the house to find objects to mutilate the two women's bodies. Finding a knife and hammer, the sisters beat, slashed, and stabbed the mother and daughter without mercy. Oh, and they're still alive when this is happening. They're screaming, moaning in pain, begging for their lives. Stop. I beg you, please. Why are you doing this? Help us, please. You're hurting us. I mean, yeah. The Papan sisters ignored their cries and pleas and continued their gruesome work for almost two hours straight. That's horrible. As if this wasn't enough, the sisters lifted the women's skirts above their heads, exposing their privates, and then began to mutilate their bottoms, which is so, sorry. I don't know why I just, like, didn't change that when I... butts. (laughs) Their bottoms and thighs. They actually sliced all the way down the backs of their legs, which we will post a picture of. Like, when I first saw it, I was like, okay, this is just another terrible photo from the early 1900s, and then I realized, like, no, the reason you can't really make much out in the photo, like, of their body is because that's how fucked up their faces were and how many stab wounds they had on the backs of their legs. Mm. So, um, Christine and Leah literally beat their faces to a pulp. Like, they don't look human. Ugh, that's horrible. And, and like, the backs of their legs look like chopped meat. Ew. Can't wait to see. The Papan sisters took the menstruation blood of Genevieve and smeared this all over the mother and daughter. Odd, right? So in this particular article that I read, it stated that the sisters prepared their bodies as if for cooking. Christine was quoted as describing the process as if she was following the same recipe used for a rabbit dish from a 1901 cookbook she had, which sad, don't listen, little Nikki. Satisfied, Christine and Leah would return to their maid's quarters and calmly get ready for bed just like it was any other night. Later, Renee returns home to a locked door. He remembered the dinner party they were going to attend and just assumed they had already left for it. So he proceeded to the dinner party to meet them there. Have you seen my wife and my daughter? They should be here. They weren't at home and I figured they came here a bit early. Do you know where I can find them? The guests would reply, no, sir, we have not seen them. Maybe they're just running a few minutes late. They'll be, they'll be here. But each passing minute, Renee became more and more worried. He finally went up to one of his friends. Hey, do you think you could take me back to my house? I am a bit worried about my family's whereabouts. The friend agreed. When they arrive, the house is dark and quiet, except for one lone candle in the Papan sister's room that you could see from outside of the home. Renee and the friend immediately went to the police station, which was right down the street, and asked them for assistance in breaking into the home because they knew something was off and they weren't even going to try. Like, at this point, they think something happened to the sisters, too. Oh, for sure. So, upon arrival at the door, the police shine a flashlight through the door's window, and there it is. 
A single eyeball sits on the ground, surrounded in a pool of blood. Ew. As he enters... Well, there's three more to find. I know. (laughs) As he enters the home, he discovers the gruesome scene. At the top of the stairs on the second floor lay Madame Lancelin and her daughter, covered in blood. They are mutilated beyond recognition. Madame Lancelin's eyeballs are found draped around her neck inside of her scarf. One of Genevieve's eyes had already been discovered, and the other was underneath her body. They were bleeding out all over the place. There is blood on almost every wall in this house. The cops immediately assumed that whoever did this to the two ladies certainly did the same to the two Papan sisters. The officer continued up the stairs to their room. The door is locked, so he knocks. Nothing. Nothing at all. But as he leans in closer to the door, he can hear something coming from inside the room. The officer hears hushed voices speaking to one another. He repeatedly knocks at the door louder and more aggressive. But no one will answer the door. Concerned and slightly aggravated, he calls for a locksmith to open the door. The locksmith comes, unlocks the door, and when they open the Papan sisters' room, they couldn't believe what they saw. Well, first of all, can we just talk about how awkward it is waiting for the locksmith to get there? Yeah, and you can hear them. Oh, I was going to say they're dead. No, because they're gig- They're like... There's like hushed whispers and stuff. They're probably like, shh, don't say anything. Don't say anything. That's what you think. But I'm like, that's why he was aggravated. Because he's like, what the fuck? Open the door. Yes. I mean, like, well, I mean... But he could have thought they were being held against their will. Are you like, are you tied up? Right. Like, no. Okay. It is none of So they open the door... Inside, they find the Papan sisters, both naked, in bed, kissing, sexually touching one another, and holding one another as if in love. On the nightstand, a huge dildo. No, I'm just kidding. Uh. On the nightstand, (laughs) a blood and brain covered hammer rests. Ew. So this turned them on. So these are not the Papan sisters. These are the Scissor sisters. <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, my God. They are horny little girls. I mean, with each other, which is fucking weird. Okay. And you can add us all you want because that's No one's going to think that's normal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so the sisters immediately confess to the murders, but they insist it was self-defense. They claimed that it was self-defense, as Christine Papan simply said. It was her arrest. Leia told the police, from now on, I am deaf and dumb. Oh, so she's being petty. Like, I can't hear you or see you. Oh, wait, I can't hear you and I'm dumb. Like, she's... Yeah, that's what I told them at work today. (laughs) The sisters are immediately sent to prison, but are placed in separate cells from one another. They both act out and call and cry for one another. Christine becomes so angry that she couldn't see her sister that she becomes suicidal and even tries to tear her own eyes out. Which I'm like, she's screaming. This is what she's screaming. Let me see my sister. I want to see my sister. Leia, Leia, can you hear me? Let me out. I'm like, okay, then you're going to tear your fucking eyes out. Then you'll never see her. Well, I don't understand the whole eye thing. Why the eyes? I don't. I mean, I think they're... I can see clearly now with the rain. Okay. No, I think that they were just maybe trying to be, like, super outrageous. I don't know. Like, 
just, I have no idea. So she continues to have violent fits and horrible hallucinations. Anytime Christine was around guards or prison officials, she would violently attack them as if that is going to convince them to put them together, but that was her reaction. So Christine goes on a hunger strike and is eventually put into a straitjacket to keep her from self-harming even more. Prison officials finally allow the two sisters a short visit. Why oh, I do. So after all that, they're like, okay, fine. You're just showing her. Okay, yeah, we'll let it happen. I mean, yeah, it's just like with a kid. Whatever. But I guess, like, she wasn't just attacking herself. Like, she was attacking them, too. Right. Um, and she was probably just fucking annoying. Right. So, um, hang on, move your phone. Okay. When the guards escorted the two... <laughs> this is so weird. Are you ready for this? hmm Okay. When the guards es- escorted the two sisters to each other, they immediately embraced one another and began making out... Mm. Knowing that they didn't have long to be together, Christine tried to undress Leia, unbuttoning her blouse while begging. Do you want to say it? Please say yes. <laughs> Which, what are we saying yes about? Like, say yes that you want to do this? I mean, you're already unbuttoning right. it. Right. And she already did it once with she blood on her. She said that she was deaf, so she can't hear you. Ugh. I'm sorry. So, yeah, this is... To me, massive mental instability here on both of their parts. And that is just my belief. So, um, I think they're so unbelievably unhinged, disturbed. Something's wrong. Clearly. So, over 40 journalists from Paris come to the trial. Oh, yeah, we're, we're in the trial now. Okay. Even more from other cities across France. France is kind of known for their tabloid fanfare, especially in a criminal case such as this, which I do remember my cousins and my aunt all took a trip to Paris, and my aunt brought me back these, like, huge tabloids because they had the Spice Girls on them because oh, okay. it was back from the 90s. Yeah. And, it, I mean, they were just, like, these, I mean, they were, like, beautiful magazines. They weren't like ours where it's, like, I don't know, fucking, like, Whatever. Alien farm boy gets fucked by Bat Boy. I mean, it was... Anyway. True tabloids. Yeah. So, the Papian sisters became known as the criminal sisters in the magazines, which I feel like they could have come up with a better name, but... um, People surrounded the courthouse during the trial protesting and demanding that the sisters be executed, executed by guillotine, something that hadn't happened then to a woman since 1887. So like 50, 60 yeah, years, 50, 70. Yeah, 50 yeah. years. At the court hearing, the sisters were unable to give a coherent reasoning behind the brutal attack and murders of the mother and daughter. They were evaluated multiple times by medical experts, and at first, there were no signs of any mental illness. So, at first. Mm-hmm. During the trial, neither Christine nor Leah blamed the others solely for what happened. Oddly enough, there were people that were on the Papan sisters' side, though. Their defense claimed that they were, that they went temporarily insane, citing a cousin who died in an asylum and a grandfather who was prone to violent outbursts and even an uncle who died by suicide. This was all their evidence of what they were calling hereditary disposition toward insanity. Basically saying, like, they had people that had had, like, insane tendencies in their family, and that's what made them... Like, hereditary. Yeah. Yeah. So, those who were on the side of the sisters believed in this fit of insanity. They rebelled against the Lancelin family due to the poor conditions under which servants lived in comparison to their masters. Prominent intellectuals in France at the time held up the crime as an example of class warfare. 
and there was a ton, like a list of like seven or eight of these um, prominent intellectuals, and I literally knew none of them, and that's why I didn't list them. Okay. But, I'm sure there's a lot of different theories. I mean, whatever. But psychological experts found that the sisters suffered from a condition known as folly adieu or the madness of two. Folly adieu is a shared psychosis with which presents conditions or symptoms like paranoia, paranoia, hearing voices, inventing fictitious threats that, sorry, just spit on your computer, that somehow requires self-defense and even unusual sexual behavior, which I'm like, hmm. In such cases, one half of the shared coupling will often dominate the other. Christine was the aggressor or the dominant one here. I would have to say, in my expert opinion, that this condition may have been created for by created for by and because of the Papan sisters. Another interesting thing I read about Faliadu is that those afflicted with paranoia often focus on a mother-like figure as the tormentor. So in this case, that would have been Madame Leone. Mm-hmm. So all of that was like really sciencey, but it all points to what happened here right there were other theories that were explored during the trial one being the third identity theory one of the many doctors that testified at the trial adopted this theory he claimed there was no way the sisters were normal according to societal standards he suggested that the relationship between christine and leah became one identity that leah's more submissive personality was completely subjugated by christine's more dominant personality basically stating that in essence there was Christine and no Leia. That there was a joint, that there was no Christine and there was no Leia. Sorry. That there was a joint personality of the two. Okay, well, that was, that's taken it a little too far. Bitch, they're, yeah, they're crazy. They couldn't have done their jobs that way. Right. Um, author Elizabeth Carey Mann Mahone. Mahone made the following statement. The two sisters seem to suffer from what is called shared paranoid disorder. This condition tends to occur in small groups or pairs who become isolated from the world. They often lead an intense inward-looking existence with a paranoid view of the outside world. It is also typical in shared paranoid disorder that one partner dominates the other, and the Papian sisters seem to be a perfect example of this. Last theory, and I'm not 100% sure where this came from, but through the years I have seen this theory a lot. Is it possible that Madame Leone caught the sisters engaging in incestuous homosexual acts? Did she see something she wasn't supposed to, and that is why her eyes were gouged out? Well, gouge my eyes out then. Or in my ears, because I don't... The thought of them doing that after I just saw their photos... Makes me not want to have eyes okay. or ears. <laughs> or ears, just But cause. that, I mean, that makes sense. Cause back it does. That, yeah. I mean, okay. So despite all that, came, and that could have been, like, what turned, and maybe she didn't have a mental illness, and that's just what made her right. hate them. Mm-hmm. That's true. Despite all that came forward on the defense side during the trial, the sisters were found sane and therefore guilty of the murders. On September 30th, 1933, Christine was sentenced to death by guillotine in the public square in Le Mans. Yeah, because back then it was a big deal. People could come from mm-hmm. all over and watch in public. Oh, yeah. But this is just her sentencing. It doesn't mean that's the day she died. Right. So, 
Laopapan is considered an accomplice and was given a lighter sentence of 10 years of hard labor. And she, that hard labor, which is basically her job, so she just has to keep doing her job. Just for 10 more years. On January 22nd, 1934, President Albert Lebron, no, that's not how you say that, issued a stay of execution for Christine, and her sentence was changed to life imprisonment in an insane asylum. And an insane asylum is exactly where Christine belonged. Christine became so distraught being away from her beloved sister that she tried ripping her own eyes out of her head again. Just so many eye things in this story. Yeah, so many. My (laughs) eyes are itchy right now just thinking about it. So are mine. She begins to have more hallucinations and violent fits of rage. She attacks the guards again and screams and hollers almost like she's possessed. She soon goes on another hunger strike and is eventually transferred to a mental institution where she died in May of 1937 as a result of her starvation. Christine, she was 32 years old. That's like your age. Yeah, I'm going to be 32 in like a few months. Oh my God. What if I acted like that? You do sometimes when you haven't ate. I hate you. <laughs> Leia Papan was released after only eight years in prison on good behavior. Once let out, she went to live a quiet life. I spit on your computer again. She went to live a quiet life with her mother, changed her name, and continued to be a maid in local homes. Would you like her to be your maid? Sure. Really? I'll slap the shit out of her. Okay. Some sources say that Leia died in 1982. However, in 2000, while making a film in search of the Papan sisters, Claude Ventura said she had found Leia Papan still alive and living in a hospice center in France. It was noted that Leia had suffered a severe stroke, was partially paralyzed, and unable to speak. How interesting. Mm-hmm. There is a photo of her that was taken on this day, and we'll upload it. If this lady is in fact Leia Papan, she eventually passed away a year later in 2001, making her 90 years old. And it's her. The picture looks like her? Exactly. Just 90. I, I just, yeah, I just find I'll have it. To look at him. Yeah, no, we'll post it, but the fact that she was like paralyzed, not able mm-hmm. to speak. She's still just... cool on that card. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, or it was just karma. Yeah, because she changed her name, so it's not like people would, you know. But remember she said, from now I am deaf and dumb. Yeah, but I'm also saying, like, it's hard. Some people say she died in 1982. Yeah, because she changed her name. Who knows? She she was living her life as somebody else. Right, right, right. Of course, yeah. People all across the world have been fascinated with this absurd and gruesome case. In fact, there have been more than 50 plays and 30 feature-length films made about these Sinister Sisters, which I have, like, watched some of it, and I'm like... Yeah, I I saw some, and I started to watch them, and it was very... I haven't found, like, slow. a really good... It was, it was, like, kind of campy, cheesy, just, like... Look, I love a campy, cheesy, but it was, like, so slow. Well, there's was, 50 like, of them, so you 50 got... 50 plays, 30 feature-length. Well, you've got plenty to choose from, sweet cheeks. I feel like we need... So these are some murderous, incestuous, French... Fries. Like housemaids. Yeah. All with... And they were like 16 years old when they did it. No, they weren't. How old were they? Oh, like 20s. Sorry. Yeah. 
Sorry. But. 20, late 20. I don't care. They look. Mm, mm, mm. That's why you don't have maids. You need to clean your shit yourself, bitch. <laughs> How funny. Yes, you do. I love to clean, though. Yeah, so call Emily. All right, guys. Well, that is it, honey. Well, like we mentioned earlier, please go buy some merch and send us pictures of you wearing it and we'll post it. Oh, yeah. Rate, review, subscribe. And if you do um, take a picture, tag it or um, hashtag it. Miserable bitch. Miserable bitch. Please. All right. Well, we hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful night. Good night. Did you have? I mean, are you done? They could be listening to it during the day. Oh, yeah, they could. It's night for us, and I gotta take a shower. Good night, stinkies. <laughs> Did you want to say good night? Oh, good night. And goodbye. And good day, you shady lady. <laughs>